going on, defenders? I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Leader-Led Podcast, Under the Beret. This podcast was created by our leaders for you. During this podcast, we attempt to provide transparency, predictability, and essential information that every airman should know. This podcast gives you a chance to know or know and understand our leaders and the men and women of the 633rd Security Forces Squadron on a personal level and helps you understand how our unit works from the inside out. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome four of our best airmen in the unit. I know that they're the best because their leadership sent them to me after I requested that I need a good airman to come on this podcast. I have Senior Airman Jude. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. I have a one. Uh, see, ooh, excuse me. I have Senior Airman Case. Say hello to the people. Hi, everyone. And I have um, A1C. Go ahead and say your name for me, brother. Theorwector. 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 <laughs> and I have Senior Airman Posadas. Awesome. So, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Everybody doing good today? So, I want to start off the podcast by letting everyone get to know who you are. So, I'm going to start with you, uh, Sierra and Jude. I want you to let me, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and give us a little information. Um, well, I'm from West Virginia. Uh, I grew up there. I was born and raised there all my life. Um, I've been in the Air Force probably about four years. Uh, January make four years. And I've been at Langley for three and a half. This is my first base and only base so far. Uh, a couple of fun facts about me. I just had a newborn son, and I was just married. Oh. And that's about it with me. I'm I'm pretty simple man as I get. Hey, your mustache is pretty. Hey, uh, the mustache. I, I ain't going to brag, but I think I got the best one in the unit. Just going to say. I'm saying that's some. That's a fun fact. Hey, anybody out there listening, if you think you got a better one, just let me know. Ooh, hey, there's a challenge going out to everybody in the unit. Jude said he come come see him if you think your mustache is better. A1C case. A1C? I keep calling you A1C. Why do I keep doing it? I, because when we were deployed together, when we were deployed together, you were A1C. Right? I just started. Now it's a... Airman Case. Select. I'll just say Airman Case so I don't mess it up anymore. Airman Case. What's going on? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Senior Airman Case. I joined back in 2016. I've been here at Langley for almost four years now. Um, fun fact... Uh, I met Bill Nye at a book signing, and I got to shake Bill Nye the Science Guy's hand. Um, and I like photography as, like, a hobby. And I would like to point out that she is doing her own renovations on her house that she bought. <laughs> that's true. That's another fun fact. I'm not going to let that one slide because I think that's amazing. A1C Third Wector. Right, Tell so us a little bit about yourself. I'm from central Pennsylvania. Uh, I just recently hit one year in the Air Force, Ooh. and I've been at Langley since the end of April. New, new. And a uh, couple fun facts. Uh, I like dogs and sports, and I like to work out. What sports do you like? Uh, football, basketball, a little bit of baseball. Are you good at them? I was good at football. Is that a true statement? It is. You're on podcast. Everybody can hear you. It's a true right, statement. Awesome. What kind of dogs do you like? Uh, I like all dogs, mostly the big fluffy ones, though. Okay, awesome. Yes. Sierra Posadas. Hello. How are you doing? Tell us about yourself. Uh, Sierra Posadas, 25 years old, from Maryland. I've been in four years. I've been at Langley for a little bit over three years. Uh, two interesting facts. I have a dachshund named Kobe, and I used to play the ukulele. 
Oh. Yeah, used to sing a little bit. Nice. Not anymore. <laughs> Why don't you sing anymore? I don't know. I think I just lost that musicality ever Next since podcast. I joined. Everything's robot, like robotic now. So by the end of the podcast, you're going to sing us? Doubt it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Those are our those are our guests for today's podcast. So I want to welcome you guys and thank you guys for taking the time to sit down with me and let me ask you guys a few questions about, you know, just everyday life as a security forces member. So I want to start off by asking a very, very simple question. All right, you all been on flight. I'm pretty sure you got some of you work back office jobs now. You all have been on flight. What do you expect? From your leadership. I'll start with you, uh, Case. What do you expect from your leadership? What are some of the expectations? Um, so for me, I think that it would be um, being held accountable is one. Like I mm. know we all expect that, but sometimes um, sometimes things can be lenient if you're like a newer airman. Um, and I also think that us being able to come, I know it's not – exactly able to be helped every time but if there's something wrong with the gate shack um just being able to tell your leadership and them not be like why didn't you notice this sooner or you know um i do another thing probably like just with um like gear okay um not being like attacked over any kind of like gear that's missing what, what do you mean what do you mean by that elaborate i mean um okay for a specific example, things to do with DVIDs, some things that we can't help. Like uh, when you go out to post and if you're IEC certified or you're the gate lead that day, um, you can't always help if the DVIDs are down. And even if you try and reset them, that's something that should not necessarily be on like the gate guard. It could be more oh, towards, you're geared towards you guys ECC. get blamed for that kind of. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like a blame, um, blame factor, but it would be helpful to have you know, each person's respective roles to go, yeah. You want some understanding. Like, let the leadership to understand that it's not you that caused the D-Biz to break. Yeah. Got it. Okay, I understand. Thank you for that answer. The young one in the group, they're right there. What do you, what, what do you expect from your leadership? Like, what are some of the things that you want to see, especially you coming into the Air Force uh, and especially security forces as, you know, a brand new A1C, haven't been in over a year yet. So what do you expect? Um, so I expect a leader to, like, hold everyone accountable, but at the same time treat you like an adult because we are all adults here. So, like, you should be able to go and, like, as long as you're not getting in trouble outside of work, you should go and be able to do what you want to do outside of work. And as long as you show up to work, do your job, and, like I said, aren't getting in trouble outside of work, everything should be good. Like Okay. All right. So you want to be treated as an adult. Okay, got it. And I like I like the fact that you said that because that leads me to my next question that I'm going to transition to is what now that you know what you what you expect from your leadership, what do you expect from yourself? Jude, what are some of the things because a leadership can only do so much. Uh, A supervisor can only lead you to water, but we can't make you drink. Right. Right. So what do you what do you expect from yourself? Like, how how do you hold yourself accountable? I mean, for myself, like I want to go I want to end the day knowing that I did everything that I needed to do. Mm. I didn't leave anything on the table that I took it and did my job 100 percent of the day. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there because. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I want to let everybody know, CRM and you deployed with me I did. last year. I did. He told me, Sergeant Taylor, I just want to go do my job and go home and go back to my, go back to my room and that's it. <laughs> so now you're saying something different. Right. What, what, what made you change your mind? Like what, what, what happened? Uh, I mean, now that I'm putting on rank and stuff and now I can actually see the stress that supervisors go out because of what their troops do. If they don't do their job, we're ultimately getting them in trouble from somebody above them. Mm. And then also becoming a father now, being that person, I got to be there for my kid no matter what. So I got to give 100% toward my kid. And then that pretty much bled off into almost everything that I do now. I try to give 100% because there's always going to be somebody counting on me no matter where what I'm doing or where I'm going. And, you know, that's amazing that you said that because that goes into your actions just don't affect you. Right. And that's why I think that the culture that in, in our culture and security forces, we need to understand that our actions don't just affect us. It affects everyone around us, flight members, leadership, on up the chain and down the chain. So that's awesome. Soon to be Sergeant Posadas. I want to say it so bad, but it's not there yet. <laughs> what do you expect from yourself now that you've been in for a little bit of time? What do you what, what, how do you hold yourself accountable? Well, same thing with. Senior Manjud, uh, I always want to make sure that everything I do throughout the day is up to par. Um, when it comes to work, I take it very personal, even though I shouldn't. But I guess uh, it makes me care a little bit more. Mm -hmm, so the work mm -hmm. that I do put in, it's there's quality to it. Right. Right. Okay. Um, when it's not good, then I take that really hard on myself. Um, so specifically in training. Um, I know I'm not too good at public speaking and stuff. Oh. So that's one of the things is what I want to work on. That's uh, awesome. As I you, know, on. you know what they say. People who are good work on what they're bad at. And people who are bad work on what they're good at. So that's the great thing that you said. I'm glad you said that. But were you done with your answer? Please continue. Oh, yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. It's just practicing and uh trying to not lose motivation and trying to be better all the time. Amazing. Thank you so much for that answer. That was a, those are all great answers, and I want to thank you all for that. I want to transition to something else, though, okay, because I want to transition to more about life, all right? Life. We all go through hard times, okay? Uh, me, personally, uh, I've hit rock bottom several times in my career and in life in general. So I believe, though, hitting rock bottom is like being at the bottom of the ocean, right? You hit rock bottom and then you're just down there. You can have one or two choices. One, you can either dig and find all the gems of being down there, which means which what I mean is is that you can learn while you're down there. You can learn what happened. You can understand what went wrong and what went right and how to be better, or and, and you can rise back up. Or you can just stay down there in your misery. Okay. My question is, why do you think that some people and and I, and I kind of mean in our career field, our career field, decide to like stay down there in their misery instead of understanding what went wrong and rise back up. Do you guys understand what I'm asking? Like, what? Why do some people? What helps you come back up? What do you do? What are the things you do to help you come back up out of that hard time? This is what I'm asking. Dude, go ahead. That's a tough one because <laughs> I mean. It's it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why I asked the question. Right. Really different for I mean, I, I can't say I've ever been, like, miserable at the job. And I've had my bad days and, my, you know, 
and just times like I'm like, am I going to re-enlist? Do I want to cross-train or however? I mean, for me, it was just, man, this is a tough one. Because, I mean, I, I, I've hit low points throughout my career, especially on deployment, but you just got to look at the bigger picture of things. Mm. Like perspective. 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 Correct. Right. Got it. it was like even though, you know, I was sweating in 120 degree out there in Qatar, I was able to take that money that I made, pay my car off, and then give it to my mom. I wouldn't have been able to do something like that if I was, you know, in a different career. Well, I mean, I probably could have in a different career field, but the Air Force has actually set me up better than I've been in my life. That's so that's so amazing. You just got to figure I guess figure out what drives you and then you just got to shoot for it. You can't let the bad keep beating you down to where you can't see that picture. You just got to keep wow. your eyes on the prize. Wow. So. Wow. That's amazing. That was amazing and thank you so much. Aaron Thurwood, what what do you do to help? Cuz uh, do you live in the dorms right now? Uh I just recently got you out. You just recently got out. So <laughs> all the stuff that you go through in the dorms or just moving away from home. You're from PA, correct? Yep. Moving away from home, transitioning to the Air Force and all the good stuff. It, I'm pretty sure you might hit some low points here and there. What do you do to pick yourself back up? Uh, you just have to remember, like, why you signed the dotted line to come down so here. So what's your why? And, you got to uh, know your why. You can't let the bad things that happen in the job outweigh, like, the good things. Like, it's, it sucks sometimes, but the military is actually really helpful to like set you up like jude was saying it sets you up better than most other things will okay so you just have to let the you can't let the bad outweigh the good and you so have to remember your give why. and take is it give and take and then so that's having an attitude of gratitude right so you have to be grateful for what the air force has brought to you and you can't you can't let it you can't let the bad overshadow the good awesome yep. i like it i love it all right cool case all right again how do you get up from the bad times, what do you do? Because I know you personally. I know mm. that you've been through. Some, you've had some struggles. You know, what do you do to help get you back up and and back on the right track? Um, personally, I rely on friends and family Boom. quite Good. a bit. Quite a bit. Um, if I know I'm in a funk or if I'm feeling down, I have to tell someone because I personally, I'll sit there in my discomfort and disease or whatever I'm your at you and your I'll head. sit there and if I don't tell someone if they don't help me talk about it or at least address the problem I, I won't get anywhere okay. um and so I know that personally that's the best way that I do it um and then just like focusing on like adding behaviors versus like um if I'm bummed out if I'm like oh my gosh I haven't been going to the gym I haven't been meal prepping I haven't been you know, doing certain things that I need to. Um, I try and focus on adding versus, like, I need to What do you to mean by eating. adding? Help, help us understand what do you mean by adding? Adding what kind of behaviors? What are you talking about? Um, like, if I feel bad about myself because I'm not eating enough or if I'm eating too much junk food or something, I focus on, okay, this week I'm really going to um, schedule, like, going to the grocery store, and picking up these kinds of foods or I'm going to make sure I go to the gym this many times a week at this time. I have to, like, schedule it pretty strictly, and it helps me. So you're trying to change behaviors. Yeah. You're trying to change your behavior. You're trying to change what – you're trying to get to the root cause and change what's making you probably feel that way. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Sadas, now you have a loved one deployed right now. And so I'm pretty sure there's some struggles that goes with that. So how do you pick yourself back up on a daily basis? 
Uh, it's the same thing, having that support system. I do have my family still, and you know, I'm texting my sisters all the time. We have a group chat, we keep in touch all the time. Uh, having Kobe there, my dog, definitely helps a lot. Awesome. Um, and also just, I'm able to keep in touch with him, even though he's on a different sleep schedule and everything like that. So I still get that interaction. There um, you go. But my sisters and the people I work with, because I'm so close with them as friends too, um, I have them to talk to all the time. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And going to the gym. There you especially go. Hey. this past week. It's been real hard, but I've been going there to stress relief. Hey, you can always come to the gym with me. <laughs> nope. We can Please. always we can always I'm trying to relieve my stress, not be more stressed. I promise you, by the time you're done <laughs> working out with tired. me, there will be no stress in that that'll be left. There'll be no stress <laughs> no left. Alright? <laughs> there'll be no life, you said? <laughs> Dang. Just exhaustion. Alright. Alright guys. So hey, those are amazing answers. I'm gonna transition again to uh, back to more of the unit. Okay, so what, if anything, would you change in the unit and why? Go ahead, Case. Yeah. Oh, don't put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> oh, man. If you could change anything in the unit, what would it be? Anything. Oh, it's not something that can be helped. <laughs> Our budget. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, that's a that's a uh, thing. I know. It's just it. Do you know how budget works? Oh no, say that's all. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, and, and maybe and maybe that's something that our leadership can provide some more transparency and predictability on, mm. so that the lower level, the you guys, the airmen, can understand how a budget works. And then maybe if you understood how a budget works, you wouldn't be saying, like, you know, maybe we change our budget. No, I no, know I'm, that there's that, certain nothing, things that, like... There's nothing wrong with you saying yeah. that. There's nothing wrong with you <laughs> like, saying that at all. We want to go and have more, like, Gucci gear, but then it's going towards things like like repairing vehicles. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah you uh, things have of that nature. Yeah. Or fixing gate shacks, or things mm-hmm. that could be going towards, like, new equipment that we'd like really like to have but it's just not doable right now exactly exactly so i definitely understand that third way what would you change in the unit if anything and why uh so everyone who's like on flight knows the vehicles are not in great shape right now mm-hmm. so um new vehicles would be would be pretty solid okay and th- that that would be the only thing you would change off the top of my head that's like the biggest mm-hmm. thing is the vehicles all right, besides, you work in training. Yes, sir. So, I know you probably have a lot of input. What would you change in the unit? And you, because you get to see it from a different level than everybody else does. So, what would you change in the unit? I guess the dif- the divide between flight and back office specifically. Ooh, girl. You- <laughs> okay. Um, I just wish everybody realized that we were all we're all trying to meet the same mission, right? Mm. Um, whatever flight needs as being back office we're supporting them right but we also need the support back you know what i mean okay let's can elaborate let's back. elaborate you said what can y'all give us sergeant griff back sergeant griffin no i need sergeant <laughs> griffin back there with me so, so let's so let's, so let's elaborate name some of the limb facts that you've noticed since you've been back in training that probably because that that has stopped the flight and back office from combining and being one um just just on, out of, off the top of your head. I guess what we train on or how we do certain training. Mm. Uh, I guess flight sometimes doesn't realize that whenever we do end up getting 
a new thing to train on or we are told to do training a certain way, it's because we are told to be doing training a certain way. Like, mm. we don't choose to keep everybody here all day. Mm. Like, we have objectives to meet, you know? Right. We don't choose to have you guys wait while we wait for someone else to figure out what they're trying to do, you know? Right. So we all have a boss, right? Is yeah. what... I think is the biggest thing. I mean, that's so big because that's that transparency and predictability right, right. that other, that, you know, the communication. a whole flight, yeah, exactly, right. a whole flight sitting in here like, they oh don't know God, what's happening. Tra- it's training's <laughs> yeah, fault. Yeah. It's training's yeah. fault. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, it's not even me. It's it's what I'm just told to do. I'm just doing what you're, you're just doing right, what you're told right. to do. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Dude, you've been here for a minute. I've been, yeah, I've been mustache here. mustache is looking glorious. I've been here for a little while. Awesome. <laughs> what would you change in the unit and why? Um, I mean, as far as changes, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody can see that the unit's probably changed quite a bit in just the last little bit, just with a few little shifts here and there. Um, I'm not too connected with flight anymore, so, I mean, that, I don't know. Are you too good for flight? I'm not too good for flight. (laughs) That's what you said. But they keep, no, I said I'm not connected with them. No, everybody heard you. No, you're going to twist me up here. (laughs) But no, see, I don't really know how the flight operations is now, you know, how everything's going since everything's changed around a little bit. I mean, there's some stuff that's that's brand new to me that whenever I do go back to flight, like, I'm going to have to try to relearn it. But as far as changes, I would, there's not much that I'd really change. Whenever I was not happy with the unit, part of me was like, I probably need to change myself. Ooh, self-reflection? Did you just say that? It's a little bit of self-reflection and, you know, try to align oh, talking like you where we're going. And as soon as I, like, try to align my views with the way the unit's going, it actually, it's made it my career a lot easier. I've got recognized a lot mm-hmm. more. It's, it, I think it's a lot you know, I'm not going to say there's no problems in the unit, but sometimes you just got to take a look around and be like, is this really an issue or am I the issue? I think it's like on hey, the individual level. And, and, and that's that's such a mature uh, answer because a lot of the times we want to point the finger instead of looking in the mirror and pointing it back at us, right? We, right. we Sometimes, you know, we need some self-reflection. So that's amazing that you said that. I'm glad that, I'm glad that you said that. Um, I want to... Man, you made you, you you threw me off. Okay. Um, whenever a task is given, okay. So whenever whenever uh, security forces, there's always new something. Okay. There's a new task. There's a new requirement. There's a new this. There's a new that. And oftentimes, flight chiefs or you know lead superintendents, they come down and say, "Hey, Aaron Thurber, you will do this. You will do that." And you're just some people are just like Roger that. But there's other people that want to know the why. Uh, it, sometimes it's important to know the why. Is knowing the why when new guidance and changes come down important to you? And why is it important to you? Uh, I'll start with you, Pasadas. Okay. Um, I think it's important, but it's not always needed. You mm. don't always need to know why. Because uh, we are in the military. Like, that's just point blank. Um, but I think it would be important if we are given the why. Okay. Because it might make the job... Um, easier to do and also it will be done more effectively if so it we gives you a why purpose. we were doing something it right gives you a purpose. purpose right yeah yeah got yeah. It. okay so i mean that and that's a very good point because sometimes you are marching in dark and you don't know which direction you're right. going but if you have a purpose if you have a heading a heading is always all is is always important right. to have a heading right. so i think that trans again transparency and visibility gives you a heading and then you can more you can understand why and put more into it right 
Uh, anyway, just being the youngest one here, is knowing the why important to you? Or are you just like, you know what, I'm just going to do whatever it is they do because I don't know nothing anyway, so I'm just going to go? Uh, I think knowing why you do something is extremely important oh. because if you don't know why, it could seem pointless okay. to do it. And then like Posada said, it could lead you to like not do it as effectively or mm. like you could just not do it to the best of your ability. And then it does end up becoming pointless because it wasn't done correctly. Okay. All right. Hey. Those are all great answers, and I thank y'all for uh, giving me those answers. But I want to ask my my two two airmen that deploy with me. I want to ask you um, a question. Okay, so what was the biggest transition for you two? Because you now you've been in for a while uh, in the military. What was the biggest transition for you two from civilian life to military life? What was the biggest thing? Because I know for me, mm-hmm. Aaron Taylor coming in. I didn't like listening to anybody. And I I kind of still don't, but I know I, I understand why I have to. But I, I had a hard time um, listening to people. I had a hard time people telling me what to do. So what was one of the biggest transitions for you? Case. Um, well, two things come to my mind uh, right away. The first one is uh, probably censorship. I feel like shit. What do you mean? I feel like there's a lot of things that you have to hold back on when you're in uniform. Mm. Obviously, you can't um, protest while in uniform, and that's not something I would try and go and do. But also, when you're on the job, Side note. you you always <laughs> want to keep your professionalism. Which, even in the civilian world, you avoid things like politics and and I mean, when you're in the military, it's like extra because you don't necessarily always agree with your commander-in-chief or you don't necessarily always agree with like what state your um wow what am i trying to say <laughs> what yeah. state you're uh, stationed in mm-hmm. and their laws their and how they handle and things laws policies and yes it, sir got it, got it. okay um and then the other thing is i went from working at a civilian job that i really loved my leadership and I'm not saying that I've had bad leadership since being in, but just seeing the different styles. Um, some, you know, work really well with uh, certain airmen, and some styles, it doesn't always mesh very well. And so that's something I've had to learn to work with since being in. Speaking of styles, who's your favorite NCO or senior NCO and why? <laughs> oh my gosh, do you want me to answer honestly? Honestly, who's your favorite? Um, Technical Sergeant Feely. Taking the side, why? Why? Um, when I switched flights, or when I was actually at a really low point before I switched flights, um, he helped out when um, Sergeant Janicek and Sergeant Redman were away. And I was at a really, really bad point. Um, was having a tough time with school, having a tough time at work, having a tough time at home. And mm. I would go to work, and at the end of the day, when I was turning in my weapons, and he would always ask me, you know, how are you doing today? And I knew he meant it, where he said, good job today. Mm-hmm. You did good work today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing this, that, and the other today. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, you know, just hearing something like that um, made me have a positive feeling about, I was like, all right, well, at least I'm doing good at work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that meant a lot to me. Wow. So you could have, you found, you found something to be proud. And, and then him 
And Sean Philly's a awesome NCO also. Mm-hmm. So him coming to you and asking you over and over again and just being consistent mm-hmm. and being genuine. That's yes, that's part of it. You know what? They say being a good leader, just ha- most of it, 90% of it is just being a good person. I think our commander actually said that on the last podcast. If you guys go back and listen to it, being a good person. All right. So um, thank you for that. I appreciate appreciate that. And I appreciate you giving Sarn Feely his flowers. You know what I mean? Because he, uh, he deserves it, okay? So, Jude. Sir. Same question, but um, what's the biggest transition from civilian life to the military? Uh, the biggest transition for me, because I was, I was a little bit older when I joined. I was 22 when I joined. I already had a pretty stable job where I was back in West Virginia. What did you do in West Virginia? I was a mechanic. At a Ford dealership, so I was there for a little while. That mustache tells it all. I'm telling you, the mustache, Jesus. you know, you, you throw something in front of me, I probably can fix it for you. Uh, but, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest transition was because I was, you know, I had a little, I guess you could say, rank in my old job. Okay. And then going back to the main bottom of the barrel mm. at 22 years old, and having to climb back up to where you was, I think that was probably the hardest transition so, for me. Since you had a good job and, and you were stable, what made you join the Air Force? Really, I just wanted to just change my career path. I mean, joining the military is something I always thought about mm-hmm. whenever I was in high school. Uh, but my dad, he always said, just give it a few years before you do anything like that. And mm-hmm. then that's why I waited till I was 22. That way I could live a little bit on the outside, do what I kind of want. And then whenever I transitioned over, you know, I'll have an age and an experience. And then that's, that's pretty much why. I mean... Why I joined, though? Probably to get out of West Virginia. Okay. What's wrong with West Virginia, man? I drove through there. It was nice. I, well, I mean, depending on what part you are. See, now, the part I was in, all you did was either mine coal or deal drugs. I mean, okay. I don't want to do either of those. Uh. And, then, uh, and then the dealership, you know, work life got pretty toxic there. And then so as soon as I quit there, and then I was like, this is probably my perfect opportunity to do, you know, do this. So the opportunity presented itself. Correct. To, and now you're taking full advantage of it. Correct. You're not just going to 9 to 5 and going home. See, now, I, no, I don't do nothing. Because that's what you told me. You told me. You now, said, sorry, it, Taylor. <laughs> that's exactly what I you did. said. I did. I ain't going to lie. I said, I said I'm 9 to 5 every night. I, I swear to it. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's, I don't know, just a lot of different life events just changes your aspect, your outlook on it, I awesome. guess. Okay. And it just makes you drive farther. So There's nothing wrong with that, man. Who's your favorite NCO or CNCO? Man, you're going to hit me with that. Uh, Clift is gone already, so I can't say Brian <laughs> no. Thomas Clift. Uh, I'll have to go Sergeant Tanner. Okay. Sergeant Tanner, he he picked me up, you know, at, I don't think they was actually considering me, you know, where I was just an E4. I think they was wanting somebody with a little bit more experience. Mm-hmm. But he went in there. I did my interview. He said I absolutely killed it. He said he probably – I think he said he wasn't expecting that from me. Mm. And then he took me, and he was the one who pretty much pushed me to, you know, get into uh, Airman of the Quarter and all these different awards and and the recognition I got. He He's the one who really pushed me. He's so knowledgeable. He's taught me so much. And he's he groomed me – well, he's grooming me to become a better NCO that's, whenever that time that's comes. That's amazing, man. That is truly, truly amazing. Uh, Sergeant Tanner is a good NCO. So you are very lucky to have him on your team. Tom Thurwood, who's your favorite NCO or senior NCO? Why? Uh, my favorite NCO is probably Sergeant Mills on swings. Sergeant Mills is dope. Because I like Mills. you can just like you can just talk to her like a normal person. It's not always like 
like you're talking to an NCO or someone While who you're has talking higher to him, rank. does he eat weights? Female sarmels. Oh, female sarmels. <laughs> I, I thought, okay, female sarmels. Yeah, oh, she's awesome sarmils. too. So it's like you could just talk to her like a normal person. It doesn't okay. always have to be like you're talking to a flight chief or oh, an yep, NCO. Yep, yep, yep. You could just have normal conversations. She, she's, I don't know her too well, but she seems very down there. Mm-hmm. She is. That's awesome. Okay, senior NCO, because you said you. Uh, NCO. You have, no, no, so, oh. no, who's your. My favorite senior NCO? Uh, senior Clark because he's mm. you could tell that he's here for us like he enjoys doing what he does because it helps us out. That's that's awesome, man. Because like he literally, when I came back from deployment, he literally took me to the side and he helped me out with a few things. So I can definitely understand how you feel that he is there for you know the people. Mm-hmm. Like and I really do think I really do think he cares more about us than himself. Like I can see Absolutely. that. I can feel that. That's our select beside us. You're gonna ask me the same question. Is it the same question? Yes. Favorite NCO? <laughs> Favorite NCO and and I'm gonna ask you senior NCO too. I mean Sergeant Griffin's back here. Me and him go way back. Okay. I don't want you to get offended, but <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Guiling. Oh. Okay, uh, nice. At, when I first met her on mids, we didn't really get along too well, you know. Why? Was, Why? Why didn't you she get was along? pregnant? She's on mid. You so know? what did she do to make you not get along with her? Very cranky at the oh, time. Okay, you know? okay, okay, okay. She was very strict as a BDOT controller. Okay. Um, but once I met her in training, um, I not only found a friend, but also like an actual mentor. Yeah, um, no doubt. She's helped me with stuff personally. Uh, me and her both got each other back into like trying to get our weight in check and working out. Mm-hmm. Um. So me and her just go back and forth, just working off each other and pushing each other and everything. Um, so yeah, so Sarn Guiling, favorite awesome. NCO. Senior NCO. Senior NCO. Mass Sergeant Belgrave. Dope choice. I like Sergeant Belgrave. Very genuine, very caring, cares I about like his troops. Yes. A lot. And yeah. he, there's no uh, BS with him or nothing. Ah oh, man, it's not. He's very straightforward. Yes. Sometimes he's like his face doesn't really tell you right. how excited. Right. He has that like straight face, right. but he's like super excited <laughs> for you. Yes. But he's awesome. I do like Sergeant Belgrave a lot. Awesome. Okay, guys, thank you so much for that uh, for those awesome answers and and I hope those uh, NCOs and senior NCOs actually listen to this so they can understand how you guys actually feel about them because it's important. It's important to know that they're out there doing the job that they're supposed to. Okay. Um, so. The commander, you know, she she can she hit the scene, right? She hit the scene, and I believe I feel like she changed the culture. Um, on the last podcast, she, uh, you know, she told us that she, you know, she likes to fight her teachers and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, besides telling her not to be so violent with her teachers in middle school, what advice would you guys give the commander? What advice would you give her? Case. I always pick on you because you make faces like, oh my no, god, I can't because- believe you asked that question. <laughs> Um, what advice? What advice would you give her? Like anything? What if you had to give her any kind of advice? I'm the wrong person to ask this question. Um, even before she got here, I heard from friends from tech school at her last base that she was excellent. Mm-hmm. And when she got here, and you know, did her change of command, and immediately was out at the gates, meeting people, greeting, getting to know, asking questions. Like, I'm, I'm thrilled. Okay. <laughs> um, I think. 
I don't know what what there is to change. I think she's motivated. I think yeah, she's caring. I'm not saying, I mean, saying you need to change her. No, advice. 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 What advice would you give her? Keep keep doing what you're doing. I guess keep, so. Keep keep, keep being doing great. what you're doing because um cause because I'm, I'm still thrilled. <laughs> because why you think that is actually helping the unit? You think it's actually helping? The Absolutely. Unit? She's personable, and I mean. I ran into her when I'm just, like, taking garbage out, and she's friendly. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm sitting there sweaty from work, and she's like, oh, how are you, Case? How's the family? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool. I, okay. I can, I, can, I can accept that answer. Basadas, what would you give the commander? What advice would you give her, if any? Uh, just keep up the energy. Everyone loves you. Um, mm-hmm. We love that you remember the little things about everybody. Um, I know the new airmen enjoy the fact that they come, they get to come to your commander's brief in civilian clothes and actually talk to you like as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just keep up the energy and don't get unmotivated if she has like a human factor. To yes, it's very. not like it's not always so right. military. It's like you know you're a person. Right. You know you're a person. You're a person first. You know, and then because she she always tells me this. She's told me this quite often. One day we're gonna take this uniform off. Yes, absolutely. And so she treats us like we're people, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that. Not just like, oh, I'm above you, and I'm looking down on you. Right. No, she's right there with us. And, and things really will it. actually get done that way because no one's afraid to approach her. Man, that's amazing. All right, you being a new guy, you seeing stuff, fresh eyes, fresh eyes. What would you give? The, what advice would you give the commander? Uh, like Kay said, I would tell her just keep doing what she's doing because I didn't have a ton of experience with the last commander, mm-hmm. but I rarely ever saw him. And the, you know, first time that I met uh, Colonel Asu, she was, like, out at the gate, and they were trying to run an exercise, and she was out there for, like, an hour and a half, so the desk, like, just kept calling us to see if she was gone yet, but, like, she was just there and, like, talking to us about what we thought needed to be done to better the unit and, Mm -hmm. like, what opportunities uh, civilian school and, like, military schools that we would be interested in Mm -hmm. and just stuff like that. So it was, like, she, like I said about Senior Clark, she actually cares about us, too. Okay. Hey, so is it safe to say that the leadership here now has literally changed the culture? And how oh, yeah. how how important is that? Very how important is that to change the culture? Because I mean, guys, like you would walk around the unit. I'm not saying I'm not calling anybody out. Not saying anybody was bad leadership, but you would literally walk around the unit and people would just be in the dumps. Yeah. Now, is, uh, do you Those feel like down. it's more upbeat? Do you feel like it's more ha- like it's 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 more ha- you people are more happy here? Mm-hmm. I agree. It's okay. very important, especially with how long a lot of us uh, end up staying here for. I mean, there's people that have been here six years, and this is like a definitely a breath of fresh air. For now, a I will I will ask when when she first got here, was it like, uh, this is you know she she hey this is gonna last about a month, and then you know it's gonna go back to yeah. like something that I'm used to. Is it was that was that kind of the mindset? What do you think, Ju? Um. Yeah. Or, or, did, or when you met her, you knew this was this was real. Well, see, I mean, just with the past, you don't really know what to expect. I mean, you kind of get an idea. I mean, with her, I mean, it was a completely different ballgame. She completely flipped the script of what you see when the commander she comes through. She flipped the what? Flipped the script. <laughs> Let me tell you. Because she, I, I can honestly say that of all the ones that I've had, she's probably one of the most approachable, and she, you can honestly tell that she genuinely cares about you. Okay. Um. 
Like, there was this one time whenever I was out at the abandoned lot, I had my wife with me because we was helping somebody with her vehicle. She was just walking her dog. She seen me, and she came up and talked to me. <laughs> and I was like, if this was, like, previous leadership, I doubt they wouldn't even have picked me out of the crowd. Yeah. But she remembered my name, and she's asking about my wife and then wanted to look at the kid, and that just it meant a lot to me. Well, you, you are not an easy person to forget. I'm, I'll tell you, no, you, you that, guy. All right. Um, cool. Thank you guys for that, man. That's these are awesome answers. And my last question, man, before we get out of here is, you know, where, where do you see your career going? Like, what, where, do you, where do you, you guys, where do you see your career going? You see yourself doing the whole 20? You see, uh, do I see Chief Case in the future? Do I, you know what I'm saying? Do I see, you know, this, this superstar, you know, special operations, third wector? You know, what do I, what, what do you got, where do you guys see your career going? I'll start with you, third wector, since you're the youngest. Um, so when I first decided I was going to join the military, I thought about doing the full 20. And then when I first got here, like just adjusting to being away from home, because I was never away from home before being in the military, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I might just do six and out. But I feel like as I start to, uh, get higher up, like put on senior airmen and then eventually put on staff, that'll be a better time for me to decide whether I'm going to finish out like do the full 20 or just do my first contract and mm-hmm. get out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i feel like i still need a little more time to like figure out where i'm actually going and, and that's that's fair that's that's fair because because you're not you're not nowhere near you, you haven't even experienced really the air force yet you're at your first duty station you're probably are you still in cdc's or are you done with those um i'm still in them yeah you're still in cdc they even have cdc well, more my old, no but we're still in the old, i'm my, still in my upgrade training, upgrade to get my training. Thank you. i don't want to keep saying cdc y'all you know hey i guess i just showed my age there. Uh, so you're still in upgrade training you know and and there's still so many opportunities i don't know if you guys know the opportunities for security forces are endless i i had an opportunity to go to and, you know, you can actually ask Colonel Iasu also, you got these places like the CRG and other things that you can go to, and they give you a breadth of experience, something that, you know, you've never done in the, that, that you won't do at a traditional uh, security forces base. So you have a lot of, you have a lot of, um, you have a long ways to go, okay? Sadas, where you see your, where you see your career at? You see yourself doing 20? What you got? Um... I see myself still doing 20. Mm. I don't really know where I'm going to end up, but I'm Mary. hoping. That's not what I said I'm hoping for. <laughs> for all the listeners out there, in case you all heard that. But um, I'm hoping I'm more confident as time goes on. I'm hoping that I do actually get to experience more than what I've experienced here. I want to see more than Langley. So hopefully I'm overseas. Um, Hopefully I've done more than just flight and training. You know, I want to do other things too. Like what? As crazy as it sounds, I always thought I would like instruct at the schoolhouse. But that's obviously dope. that's going to lead that's going to need a lot of work, especially right now. No, it's not. I just I got to I got to tweak myself. <laughs> you apply yourself. You can do anything. Yes, absolutely. And don't ever don't ever sell, don't ever sell yourself short. You can do anything you want to do. Absolutely. Anything. Case, what you got? Where you see yourself at? Um, I think that I'll probably stay in for 20. Okay. Um, when I first joined, I only signed for four instead of six, partly because I already had schooling, so I was already going to put on A1C after basic, but, um, I also 
just didn't see myself staying in. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how serious I would take the military. Um, Now that I've been in for a while and I'm at the end of my first uh, enlistment and I've extended, um, I could see myself doing 20 for partially kind of what um, Sergeant Fairley has told me before, that he stayed in for the people. And until I find, like, a job that I'm comfortable with, because I would like to uh, cross-train maybe into something like equal opportunity or paralegal. There you go. But uh, (laughs) until then, I do see myself staying in, and not just for the benefits, but uh, I really do like working with the people, and I think the military does bring you a nice um, melting pot. Well-rounded. You're nice and well-rounded. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. You. What you got, boss? I know, you, man, somebody like you, you probably, I'm going to do about 32 years. I'll give them 40 if they keep pushing the PT test back. But, uh, oh, my God. No, no, no. But I, I, can, I, can see myself, I can see myself doing 20. Um, just the benefits alone. I mean, I never had benefits like this. I didn't have medical insurance, you know, growing up hardly. What did you on, do when, when, you got, when you got hurt when you were in West Virginia? Here's just some Robitussin and, like, walk through a... <laughs> Mama throw like a little golf uh, golf pad on it. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listen. I asked that question. I had to. Uh, you're good. But no, I mean, just I don't know. Just the benefits alone makes it worth it. I just me and my wife had a kid for free. I mean, he ain't free, but the hospital bill is free, so that's always nice. But yeah, I could see myself doing 20 just for the benefits alone. That's awesome, man. Well, hey guys, that's the end of our podcast. I want to thank you all so much for giving us your honest answers and i'll if anybody's out there listening um if you have if you want to be a part of the podcast and you have any other questions please get with myself sergeant griffin or sergeant james and we'll be able to answer all your questions about the podcast coming up um next not this after the holiday break we'll be doing our next podcast with the junior ncos and uh, I, I have a few names in mind, but I won't leak them yet. And we will get a couple of people on here, to, and we'll have more great conversation for you. But until then, I want to say thank you all for joining me, and I want to leave you all with something. Nothing is impossible. The word itself, I'm possible. It's in the word. The word itself says I'm possible. I'll say that again. Nothing is impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend.